Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. friends. Raising kids in the digital age, especially when it comes to smartphones, is not easy. Where do you even begin? There are all sorts of watches and phones for our kids to communicate with. How do we know which is the safest, how to introduce and when, and all the other questions that we think of? Here to help us with this today is Abby Dean of Screen Sanity. Abby is Screen Sanity's Director of Communications and brings more than 15 years' experience in marketing, public relations, and digital media to the organization. As a graduate at the University of Missouri School of Journalism, Abby has held roles as an editor for a major city magazine, a communications manager for an arts nonprofit, and a marketing manager for an international accessories brand. As a mother of two young children, Abby fully understands and empathizes with parents facing challenges in the digital age. She fell in love with Screen Sanity's mission and is passionate about banding together with other parents to pioneer the ways in which our children interact with technology. Although she grew up in Minnesota, Abby has been a Kansas City resident for more than 12 years, having lived in Midtown, Westside, Waldo, and Nellywood. We're so excited to have this conversation with her today, and we are so grateful for the work that she and Screen Sanity do. Let's get started. Hi, Abby. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here. Um, I'm so excited for this conversation and also feeling uh, a little personally overwhelmed because (laughs) with this topic, there are so many options of different, I don't know what we call them, communication devices for our kids. Um, One thing that I know a lot of families will start with um, for their kids are watches. So what are some reasons that parents might consider a watch for their child? And then that's part one, part one. And then part two is like, how would you know if your child is ready for that? Yeah, um, great question. And you're right that that's kind of where a lot of people start when they're introducing devices. And one reason is they're a much safer first device for kids versus giving them a fully loaded smartphone. Um, (laughs) If you're entering a phase where your child is gaining independence and you want to be able to get in touch with them or have them be able to contact you, um, maybe they're walking or biking solo to a friend's house or staying late for sports or after school activities, um, they give kids the ability to call or text, but also allow you to track their location to ensure they're they're safe or they're arriving wherever they're supposed to be. And by design, smartwatches are a much less addictive device um, Mm -hmm. due to just their limited functionality. So it's easier for kids to continue staying present and connected to to the world around them. Um, (laughs) The other thing I would say is that they're a really good, great practice round on devices before you would introduce them to a phone. Um, 
So we, we at Screen Sanity often talk about device introduction as kind of a gradual roadmap um, and that you should kind of ease into things before you just hand them a, a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might even start as small and basic as walkie-talkies. Like if they're going to a neighbor's house, maybe that's how you start and see how they do and then move to a smartwatch and then maybe a basic kid's phone and then a stripped down smartphone with kind of limited functionality. Um, and then as they grow and learn, you can add more responsibilities and apps and things like that. I always think about the visual that you all use um, of learning how to drive. Yes, And how, exactly. you know, when you learn how to drive, you don't just get a car and the keys and go. Um, and right. that it's, a, you know, you build up to that with different things. So I really like that. I always think about that when I think about yep. introducing devices and things like this. Yep, exactly. It's a good um, a good reference to keep in mind is, is exactly what you said. You wouldn't just hand them the keys when they're 16 and be like, good luck. You would, you know, log some hours in the car with them in the back seat, having them observe you. And then you would sit in the passenger yep. seat and help them drive. And um, then once they're ready, you send them off on their own or you send them to driver's ed or whatever. But sure. um same can be said for for devices and even apps. Make sure that you, even before you download, you know, say yes to a new game or a new app their friend got. We always recommend you do it first mm-hmm. and have a little experience, and then sit alongside them while you, you know, look, learn about it together. Um, is always a much safer option than kind of just sending them out into the. The world of the wilderness. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Digital wilderness. Yes. <laughs> well, Abby, Apple Watch is, I think, what we think of when we say well, a smartwatch. Um, but there are lots of other options for that first yes. watch. Um, what do you think are the capabilities that are important for a parent to look for? And then do you have any brands that Screen Sanity recommends specifically? Yeah, um, great question. I think the most important capabilities are kind of dependent on what you and your family are looking for, obviously, but probably text and voice calling options, which most of them have emergency or SOS settings, and then the GPS tracking. Um, But again, it depends. Um, There's more and more kid-specific smartwatches entering the market, which is really exciting because only a few years ago, there were very few. Mm -hmm. Um, Our favorite is probably the Gab Watch 3 from Gab Wireless. Um, But there are, and they they actually just came out with an updated one. And I think it was out of stock for a little bit, but I just checked and it's back in stock. So that's a great option. Um, there's also, um, the Cosmo watch, I think it's called the junior tracker watch. Um, Garmin has the Garmin bounce watch. Um, and then we've also heard a lot of people are liking, it's called the TikTok four watch. Um, so there's lots of options, um, and all I would say in kind of comparable price points. Um, but besides the ability to communicate many of them, offer music and cameras and games, fitness tracking. So you can kind of compare side by side. Um, The other thing I was going to say is for a lot of these and for some of the first phones, um, we, Screen Sanity has affiliate codes for these. um, And so you can get a discount. Um, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So on our website, screensanity.org, we have a products we love page and um, there's a bunch of promo codes on there of some of these um, companies that we love. And so, yeah, if, if you guys awesome. are looking for one, 
your listeners, that's a great place to start. We'll put that, we'll add that to show notes so people can easily access that. And obviously, of course, link to Screen Sanity as well. That's so great to know. So Megan, we, when we got our kids' watches, um, our, one of the things we looked at was like, if it was connected to what cell phone provider we already had. Okay. Um, and ran into that kind of, you know, like Verizon only supports the user, T-Mobile. And so we do T-Mobile and we have, I think it's Timex is the brand, but it's just like the T-Mac or T-Mobile kid watch. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we use that and it, um, they basically can, they can have five contacts that we approve, which is mom, dad, grandma, and grandpa. Um, Yep. And then you can have school mode. So I have an app on my phone and I can turn it into school mode. So luckily they keep them in their backpacks at school anyway. Um, but I can turn it into school mode so that the only thing they can do is text one emergency contact Okay. during school. And I can turn on and off the games, which we just keep them off. Um, so nice. And then you know, also can track them, which has been helpful, like when they're walking home from school. Yeah. I can see where they are, um, just like you would with an Apple device. That's right. great. Yeah. Well, and the great thing too is that um, for younger kids, especially, they don't need like unlimited internet access or necessarily social media access. So these watches, most of them don't have that. It's very limited features just for what they need, kind of like what a basic phone was supposed to always be. Mm-hmm. And so I think for, yeah, safety and just like giving them a little independence, but not sending them, like we said, out into the digital wilderness. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we found like, I mean, my second grader has one only because it got passed down when we switched my oldest to an Apple Watch. But there's no, like, phone at a lot of activities. You know, I remember as a kid, like, going to the school lobby and calling my mom on the, like, (laughs) phone. That doesn't exist. There's no way for a kid to call and say, I need picked up. They have to go to an adult or, like... You know, I don't even think they'd know how to use a payphone if, no, no. <laughs> if they saw them. Nope. <laughs> well, I don't know. Our, we've memorized phone numbers, but I mean, I don't even know if they could do that, like in an emergency. Yeah, that's um, true. But a way for them to call us, but also like if I'm running late, I found there was right. no reason, no way to like tell anybody. Yeah. You know, they were just standing there. So that's what kind of led to us getting watches was just we need a way to contact them. Yeah. Yep. So Abby, moving towards, so I know a lot of times kids will start with watches. I mean, obviously a variety of ages, but sometimes maybe, you know, you see that maybe more elementary or later elementary. Um, so once kids are moving towards junior high or middle school, I mean, does Screen Sanity, do you all recommend like an Apple Watch or watch or phone or what? Are, what is kind of the general consensus on that? I mean, so I feel like (laughs) we, we try not to be too prescriptive on like the exact age you should do anything, but I will say, I would say one, try to stick with the watches. Yeah. (laughs) I would would say, um, our experience is, you know, trying to stick with a smartwatch as long as you can, but obviously there, we know, especially as they age, there's certain instances where kids need even apps for school or for sports communication or certain health reasons or something that aren't compatible with a watch. Um, and so then I would, I, I would 
either, I mean, an Apple watch is a great option. They, they, and Sarah, I know you said you guys have an Apple watch. I know they have like a family setup feature where, um, that works with, I think the GPS and cellular version that it, it actually gets its own phone numbers, but parents can control who they can communicate and everything. It gives a little more functionality than some of the other kids' smartwatches. Um, but then there's also, um, so many new um, kids' phones on the market that are kind of that step between a smartwatch and um, moving them to like an iPhone or an Android or something like that. Um, I mentioned Gab earlier for the the watch. Um, they also Gab Wireless has a great kids' phone. Um, Trumi. Um, another one is Pinwheel. One of our co-founders loves her Pinwheel for her kids. Um, and then Bark, which is actually started as kind of a parental monitoring service came out with their phone, their kid's phone this year as well. So there's a lot of options in that kind of first basic phone that still limits like the internet and social media and things like that, but gives them a little more functionality on that roadmap (laughs) introduction so that they have a phone They're They're able to, you know, do a little more than with the smartwatch. Um, They're able to like, text pictures on some of them and, um, have limited functionality. We actually, um, since this has been such a common question for, for our organization, we last year came out with a first phone comparison chart. It's a free download on our website and we actually just updated it. It's under our tools section. Um, so it's all of those, those companies, those four companies that I just listed off um, are side-by-side comparisons of kind of pricing, of functionality, of parental controls, and all of that. So just to give kind of a broad curated list of, <laughs> of options available. But that that's kind of where I would go if, if you need a little more functionality and communication mechanisms than the watch. That's great. Very helpful. We'll link to that too. We're going to link to a lot of stuff. galore. There's lots of free, free downloads and tools. So yeah. Well, and I just, I appreciate as a parent, I appreciate, you know, an unbiased, um, you know, a neutral assessment because, you know, walk into, we're T-Mobile as well. And, you know, the day comes, we walk in there, you know, they, they just want to sell you, sell you something. Um, unless you get a nice mom that, you know, is on our side, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that's really helpful. Thank you guys for doing that. We've also seen, it's not on our little chart or side-by-side chart, but I mean, kind of a trend towards going back retro to the flip phone and having kids have a flip phone as their first phone. Um, and again, it like gives them a little more functionality than the than the watch, but um, still limits where they can go on the on the deep dark web. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. Um, so kind of addressing parental controls I can tell you what we do um because Abby kind of mentioned it the like she said the Apple watch you can there's an app for like family watches so my watch app is on there and then there's a option to add a watch that doesn't have a phone connected to it so our seventh grader still has his own phone number which we kind of like Abby said like when he signed up for cross country or a middle school retreat at church, they asked for his phone number. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> it is definitely, like, this is the first year where I felt like he actually needed a phone number. Um, and kids 
communicate that way too. So my hardline stance about, you know, certain devices, um, I think I've had to be a little bit more flexible just because that's how everyone communicates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Including adults, you know, including like organizations. Um, but we have his watches on my watch app, but then you do the screen time just like you would do for like a kid's iPad. And I can control his contacts, um, same kind of school mode that I do with the others for their like basic watches. Um, and we read his texts every so often and he knows that. Um, but then you can control like downtime so I can have it turn off so he can't do anything. I can control like how much he can use an app. So sometimes we have like some impulse control issues. So mm-hmm. I can text for 15 minutes and that's it. Like it'll shut off that capability yeah. and get in like breaks that are set in. Like if I'm not around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really can put a lot of boundaries in place and you know, it's really hard to search the internet on a watch or do a whole lot right. of anything on a watch. So that gave us the peace of mind to give him all the stuff he needed, but not go straight into a phone where he had full access to the internet. Definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So kind of along those lines, um, Abby, so how do you give your kid more independence and responsibility while still protecting them? There's the loaded question of the day. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's a hard one. And kind of what Sarah was saying, like some of it is just, you know, taking the time up front to set up some boundaries and um, expectations around the device. Um, And then once they do a great job with that, then you give them more responsibility. Kind of like we were talking about with the driver's ed approach. Yes. Um, The other thing we recommend too is like, by setting boundaries early. Um, and if, if your, your kid already has a device and you didn't set boundaries, take, take a step back and see what you can set in place and implement and stick to that will kind of help, um, help technology be less of a battleground. (laughs) So one of the, one of the big things with that is, um, designating some device free zones and times in your family, um, and kind of staying consistent with those, Mm-hmm. Um, a great place to start with those, the two biggest ones that we recommend usually are tables and bedtimes. Um, and by tables, we mean kind of meal times. Try as much as you can. And I know this is hard. This is hard for adults because yeah. we're constantly feeling the need to check email and stay connected and read the school newsletter. And, you know, I mean, it's hard, but the more we can kind of set set the tone for our kids and set an example by putting our phones down for those, the the easier it will be. Um, And there's just, there's um, research, you know, that shows that family dinners, that device-free dinners are proven to have positive impact on Mm -hmm. kids, Um, better motivation, better self-esteem, better personal identity. Um, So that's a big one. Um, The other thing, and I think this is one of the biggest takeaways that someone might have is, um, try to keep devices of all kinds out of bedrooms if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, bedrooms and bathrooms, those places, <laughs> places of isolation, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, at, at night, having a set device bedtime um, where they they go to sleep outside of the bedroom and kids can unplug themselves and recharge mm-hmm. and get the sleep they need. Um, 
kids are more likely at night and when they're isolated and up late to make poor decisions online, whether that's texting or posting or searching for something. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also often losing lots of sleep because they're waking to every notification. Um, There's a study that shows that 80% of teens check their phones throughout the night and respond to every notification. Oh my gosh. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that wasn't a thing. I was, I mean, it, I was, I remember being very tired as a teen and yes. not having that. Um, but, and we know that lack of sleep is one of the leading factors of poor mental health. So yeah. removing these distractions from the bedroom is like one of the best things you can do for your kid. Um, and just to really relieve the pressure from them for, of having to stay connected all, all the time. So that's, I think when it comes to boundaries and keeping them safe, those are two big things. Um, and then kind of what we were talking about earlier, the when you do introduce new devices, make sure you have safety measures in place, um, including parental monitoring and filters. Um, there's going to be accidents. There's going to be things that get through, but applying filters um, at like the router level and the device level um, can protect your kid from inappropriate content or, um, you know, risky things that they might see online. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's super, super helpful. I was just thinking about when you were talking about all of this, um, you know, I feel like with our generation, like the parents that are parenting, actively parenting, you know, we either didn't grow up with a phone or when we did get a phone, it was kind of like a watch, you know? Right. And so we had almost like a forced uh, gradual release program going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I still, you know, as an adult with a fully, you know, full access phone, I mean, I manage it very, very poorly and I'm, you know, 36 years old. So it's just interesting when we kind of step back and look at it that way that, you know, we could potentially it's our choice whether we hand a kid something that a lot of us right. cannot manage as an adult, um, right. <laughs> you know, with you know some, <laughs> some a fully formed brain and you know mostly good decision making skills. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, it's just it's always helpful to hear those those tips of um, things that we well, we didn't grow up having in place for us because they weren't as needed. Yeah. I think one of the there one of the stories that we tell a lot is just you know when we were kids our generation growing up, um, you know, if you got bullied at school or if you felt pressure from something at school or when you walked inside your house, it kind of left and you were, you got to leave that at the door and kids that are constantly on their phone, on social media and seeing these things, the bullying doesn't stop. It's just constant and it's constant information. It's constant comparison. (laughs) It's, it's a lot for them to handle. And again, like you said, their brains, their prefrontal cortex is not fully charged. Are you still there? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. We're here. It's not not fully developed. (laughs) Yes. Not charged. I'm I'm on phone mode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, so they, you know, they don't know how to process some of the things that they are seeing online Mm -hmm. and, and they're using their phones kind of as a coping mechanism instead of going to the adults in their lives to, to cope and, and deal with what they're dealing with as a teenager, which is hard. Yeah. Yep. 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 So Abby, when you think about kind of the stuff you just mentioned, how do you know if your kid is on say a watch or a kid phone, do you have recommendations as far as when you do make that switch to a smartphone? Is it an age thing, a 
demonstration of maturity? Like what is Screen Sanity's advice on that? Really good question. Um, And I think the biggest thing is to kind of take a step back and ask why you're getting them a phone. Why are you making Mm -hmm. the switch? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if the answer is connection and keeping in touch and things like that, then maybe the basic phones, the, the kids' phones that I mentioned are a better option. They don't need all of the functionality of a, of a full phone. Um, I think before you do it also, um, know the rules that you're going to, or the boundaries that you're going to set for the smartphone, um, like where it will be kept at night and what apps are allowed and why and why not. Um, and when are the times you're going to unplug? Um, and then I think knowing how you're going to keep them safe on, on the phone, um, I, so to answer your question, I guess there's never, I, there's not necessarily a right age. Um, mm-hmm. I think every kid and every family and every situation is different. Um, but I think you just need to think through some of the those three questions before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of mentioned real quickly about um, like parental monitoring. Um, what, one of the ones that we love is Bark. And yeah. that is one that I, I would recommend setting up as you, um, introduce them to a new phone. Um, what it does is it, it, it's actually, you manage it through your phone. Um, but it uses algorithms to analyze, um, and detect and then alert parents of problematic content or people, um, through whether they're coming through, through text or social media, um, emails, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So when it, when Bark detects a danger, it's not, get, it's not sending you every text message that they send, but when they detect something, um, it'll send a parent an alert text or an email, letting them know what happened. Um, there's a couple of other options. There's canopy is another monitoring and, um, covenant eyes. Again, these are all on our website. Yeah. <laughs> so we've done some of the too. work for you by like kind of finding some of these products that we love that, that we know parents have had success with. Um, and so I, I think the age isn't necessarily what to consider. It's more like, just make sure when you're doing it, you, you are ready to that, mm-hmm. to hand over that phone and, and have that. I mean, it's a loaded thing for them to have, yeah. and that's a lot of responsibility for them to carry. So, um, just making sure you're prepared. Yeah. Abby, I'm sure this is on the website, but with those parent, those parental monitoring apps, are those typically um, for any type of phone for those of us that are non-Apple users, like the one in front of us? Yes. I, okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure. So Bark has its own kid's phone that I mentioned, but that was kind of a later development. They started as a monitoring thing that can be, I'm I'm 99% sure it can okay. be used on on most iPhones or Androids. Okay, great. Well, we'll link to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> link. It's link a good score. One. So what what would you say are the biggest safety issues that are associated with giving a kid um, a smartphone? Okay. This is this this can be a heavy one. Good <laughs> question. Yeah. I.e. refer back to our interview we did with you on pornography. That yes, would be, I'm exactly. just gonna put words in your mouth and assume. Yep. That was, I mean, I actually just listened to a podcast and they were talking about this very topic and the, when asked when to give your kid a smartphone and the psychiatrist they were interviewing said, when you're comfortable with them viewing porn. Yep. Um, I, yeah. I 
Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, it's, I mean, the average age of first porn exposure, I think is between nine and 12 years old. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like you guys said the average age was nine. Yeah. I think maybe there, there are a couple studies that have come out that it's a little older, but still nine to 12 is still so young. Um, and I mean, that sounds blunt what he said, but unfortunately it's, it's just one of the many scary realities kids can stumble upon without even trying to, when, when you hand them an like unmonitored device, um, there's, you know, we talked a little bit about social media pressures and comparison, cyberbullying, um, online predators that can find them through gaming um, yeah. and social media. Um, all of it's just a few clicks away. And unfortunately, the big tech companies are targeting, you know, I mean, they're they're doing everything they can to target our kids. Um, and that's the dark reality of it. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, all that to be said, Um, if they're exposed to some of this, if they're isolated with this and don't go and talk to an adult about, Mm -hmm. about what they're seeing and, you know, processing it, um, obviously can lead to some, some mental health issues as well. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. one of the driving forces behind screen sanity and the work we do is just the need to decrease the rates of depression and anxiety, um, suicide in our, in our youth. Um, there was a, a, study, I think it was American Academy of Pediatrics, um, said that mental health disorders are now, you know, even more, they're they're surpassed physical conditions as the main um, source of impairment for kids when they are going to the pediatrician. And pediatricians are not necessarily equipped to to deal with that. So, um, you know, the more we can do to protect them and keep their innocence a little longer, um, is, is the best we can do. And unfortunately the, when you hand a kid, a, you know, a fully loaded smartphone that doesn't mm-hmm. have anything stripped down, they are going to stumble into something. And, um, yeah. I think one of the, one of the best things we can do as parents too, is just, um, be that open line of communication for them. And if they do come across something and tell you about it, try to act. I mean, Tracy, our co-founder always says, practice your poker face. You're not shocked face. Yep. Yep. And so that they feel comfortable coming to you. I mean, they're going to feel awkward and they're going to, I mean, but it, you know, talk through it with them and help them process it. Um, and I think, you know, besides technology, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons that we're seeing an increase in mental health issues. I mean, we came out of a pandemic not that long ago. And I think, um, there's just a lot of complex things going on in the world, but the, that kids are processing sometimes in isolation. Um, so no doubt that's playing a factor. For sure. That's, yep. And that is the reality. I saw while we're on kind of a down note, so I don't bring down the whole podcast. <laughs> I saw, I saw um, it was like a meme or something, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a funny meme. Um, it was like, give your kids social media when you're ready to end their childhood. I was like, whoa, but there's, I think there's truth to that. You know, it's just a whole different ball game. Um, And I kind of read that and I was like, wow, that is really intense, but it's something to think about on, you know, on a level. I mean, even think about it. I mean, as I'm guilty of doing the, the doom scroll on Instagram too, and I do this 
you know, I talk about this every day for a living, but it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it affects my mental health and I'm an adult that can process it a little more. Um, So, yeah. I I think we've noticed (laughs) even like not even a smartphone, but just having access to texting people who aren't family members. Yep. Like we've dealt with, thankfully it wasn't to my kids watch, but just a school. I mean, who knows what's true because middle school is an interesting thread of stories. Um, oh, yeah. But like, you know, he came home and said, well, I don't know if this is okay for me to say out loud. And he said that somebody was sending like nude pictures and got suspended. Yep. And then they kept talking about it, but that's at 12 and 13. Oh my gosh. And yes. that's from, I mean, he just wasn't in that group chat that it happened on. Um, but he's, we've talked about racist comments that somebody was making or, you know, other like, just inappropriate comments that he left the group chat for, but that's an Apple watch with pretty lockdown and, you know, he's a good kid. And yeah, that's the stuff he's encountered just in that short time. And that's without internet and social media. So I was saying Sarah, as of today, he's been in middle school for what, two months? Right. (laughs) He's had a long career. (laughs) But no, but that's, I mean, to your point though, I mean, it's just, yeah. Like not even when you're ready to have your kids see porn, like with a smartphone, like yeah. it's going to happen oh, yeah. to have access to anything outside of that really, really locked down phone or, or um, watch. Yeah. Yeah. Kind but of- we, to bring it up, I will say a positive to like moving to a more, a device with more capabilities is we've had those conversations of like, this is an appropriate amount of times to text in a row or <laughs> like social norms of texting. Yeah. yeah. Like That's digital good. etiquette. Yes. <laughs> Learning how to be a person, I think in middle school. Yeah. And then you have to learn how to, what's proper etiquette because he'd never done it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even That's just very true. I didn't even think about you that. Know, he talks into his watch and it, you know, it doesn't, pick up his voice perfectly and so mm-hmm. you know, go back and correct this <laughs> yeah. because I don't know what you're saying and neither do your friends and just right you know some of those basic stuff just we've had an opportunity to have conversations about and teach uh-huh but that's because we're involved like we're looking at the yeah. text and we're you know yeah okay. and I think that's that's that is the thing I mean having some of the parental controls and stuff like you being able to see some of his texts, which I I know people, some people think that feels like an invasion of privacy. And Mm -hmm. I, but I think about it the same way as like, um, I mean, going back to the driver's ed reference that you wouldn't, you wouldn't send your kids out without protecting them in some way Mm -hmm. physically. And so it's the same thing. I mean, you're not gonna, you want them to wear a seatbelt, you want them to wear a helmet and, you need to like take the same measures as a parent and be proactive about their, about um, how you're protecting them online too. Yeah. 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 That's good. Okay. I will say too, though, that no one, no one, no no one has all the right answers on this and no one is doing it right. Perfectly right. It's a lot. And it's a lot of loopholes and things, you know, I mean, we hear every day about new, ways that that kids are being affected by it but I think the biggest thing I mean even just small steps um can make a big difference when you're when you're trying to protect your kids online yeah okay so big final question Abby okay 
You talked about all of these controls and, you know, what device or phone to give to your kid. But I think one of the harder parts of all of it is you're not making those decisions in a vacuum. So when you're making those decisions for your kid, but all the other parents aren't necessarily like that's going to your kid. So what is your recommendation or advice to parents who feel like they're the ones being restrictive or putting the boundaries Mm -hmm. in place, but nobody as your kid would say, nobody else is doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that is, that is a hard one. I, I feel like um, first know that you're not alone, that mm-hmm. we're, I mean, like I said, we are, we're the first generation having to figure this out. And there's not a lot of parents before us telling us the right way to do it or the right age. Um, I will say we never hear that like someone gave their, or wish they had given them a, their kid a phone sooner. Uh-huh. It's often the opposite. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, we talk to parents every day who feel pressured to get their kids the latest smartphone because everybody's doing it. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, ultimately we have to make the right decisions for our family. Um, and I think one of the most powerful things we've seen in the last few years with screen sanity is when parents, um, whether they're in the same grade level or community kind of come together and link arms and decide um, together when like to postpone smartphone introduction to a certain age or time or to set certain boundaries around screens. Um, When parents are all on the same page, it's just easier to stick to that decision and you're not the bad guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And we have, we actually have a couple tools that are great for that. We have our um, screen sanity group study that is a great, um, it's an interactive handbook that comes with videos that accompany it that is meant to be done in like a group of parents um, to have those conversations and kind of tackle some of these big challenges that we face as parents right now. Um, And then we also just released um, our um, Screen Sanity Parent Night Kit, which is a great way to host a Screen Sanity event in your community or school or church and um, just get those conversations going. And I think that's sometimes the hardest step is like approaching those conversations with other parents. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think it's it's up to us as parents to, to protect them and to kind of have those difficult conversations and sometimes be the bad guy <laughs> if we have to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Sarah, anything else? I mean, I've got lots of other questions, but we got to keep it. <laughs> got to stay focused. Bad speed is what I say. What'd you say? Bad speed because it's Oh, I know. I can't. I, mm, mm, yep. Well, and it's, I think I it's, I mean, my, so I have a, <laughs> I, I have do. a four and a six year old. So okay. I'm, I'm it's still early in, in this. And, and I feel like every phase to, brings a different challenge. And so it's just kind of taking it one day at a time. We're all yes. in this together though. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I will say that Screen Sanity has given my husband and I the confidence to make some of the decisions we have. Yes. And we talked to our yes. kids or try to about why we make those decisions or like, what do you think would happen if you did have social media or what do you think would be mm-hmm. the dangers? Um, and so it's good to have that resource. And we've been to several of the presentations. Yeah. Um, so good. And I just think that has given us so much confidence and like the reason why we're doing what we're doing. It's not that we're like scared or, you know, there's yeah. actual evidence of this is what could happen. And 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that just reminded me like of a good point too, is that um, letting your kids know it's not something they're doing wrong. You're mm-hmm. not doing something, you're not trying to like nope. keep them from having the nicest, best thing. You're, you're trying to protect them. That's your job as their parent. And yeah. um, I, you know, I realized that with I, my six-year-old, um, she had an app on her iPad and I realized mm-hmm. it was not the best for her. So I took it away and I, I realized I didn't have the conversation with her that it was nothing she did. It was, yeah. it just, it was not a safe app for her age and it was not something I wanted her to see or I thought she was ready to see. It was nothing she did. Mm-hmm. It was just me realizing it wasn't the best thing for her. So I, again, it's just having those open conversations and being, being as honest as you can with your kids about why <laughs> it's, yeah. that's a great point, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Abby. Thank you so much. Yeah. No so problem. much information. Um, so helpful. I feel like today was kind of a great conversation about just kind of like an on-ramp, you know, to yes. if people are thinking about getting their kids communication devices of some kind. Um, hopefully this was helpful to them and gave people some things to think about. So, yeah, I know. I think holiday time, we see a lot of people are, you know, getting watches or, or phones as gifts. And so hopefully this can help inform some gifting. Ideas. Yeah, that's a great point. Really yeah. good point. Abby, thank you so much for your time. We just, we absolutely love Screen Sanity and we just, we love hearing from you guys and working with you guys and appreciate all you do to do, like you said earlier, a lot of the legwork for the rest of us in the parenting community when it comes to all this stuff. Of course. Thanks, All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks again. We all know that life happens big and small. Whether your family is welcoming a new baby, experiencing an emergency, or in need of a primary care provider, you can trust Advent Health South Overland Park to be with you every step of the way. Located at 165th and 69 Highway, Advent Health South Overland Park offers a full range of medical services, including heart care, surgery, birth center, and a 24-7 ER. Advent Health South Overland Park brings expert care in a warm, soothing environment so that you can get back to feeling whole. Learn more by visiting adventhealthkc.com backslash South OP. All right, Sarah. Switching gears to favorite things. It is yeah. October. What are you loving in our beautiful fall city? Um, well, we have talked before about some of the places we've gone, but you know, October feels like the new May where it's busy, busy, busy. It is. Um, I agree. So, you know, I just don't have time to go to all the things I used to go to. Nope. Or the um, energy. So my kids love apple cider. So we get the Lewisburg cider mill instead of going to the cider mill. <laughs> we'll just buy it at the grocery store. That's great. And nobody's sad about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard, but that's, yeah. that's, I think that's a great hack. Listen, you guys, you don't need to go. You don't need to go experience the cider mill. You just go to, go to your local, you know, price shopper or whatever. And of course I endorse Lewisburg cider. And, yes. But you know, they also have the off brand at, your local grocery store. They do. But they do. 
we do during the fall, I pay for the Lewisburg because I just feel like it's fresher and just it is really, really good. So yeah, the times when I bought the off brand, I'm, I'm, I am let down. I know. Just not the same. It's not, it's not. Um, okay. Mine is it's trunk or treat season and trunk or treats are so fun. Um, we have a guide of course that has over 100 trunk or treat events by date, by location. So I will link to it, but I mean, literally I'm looking at it right now. You just scroll Kansas City, Kansas, Leewood, Lenox, Olathe, Overland Park, all the way down. And it's got by, um, by the date and where it is and what time it is. So it cannot be easier than that. So don't stress about it. Just go to the, go to the link and, um, find one that works for your family. They're so fun to go to. They're everywhere. There's no shortage in Kansas city of trunk or treats. Um, yeah, I think we, I think we've got two on our calendar and I think we're going to cap it at two. You well, guys they want, start, yeah, they start now. I know they start early. We go to our, like the violin school that we go to, they have a spooky concert and then they oh, have a trunk or treat after. Oh my gosh. So yeah, there you go. Mom. The violin school has a trunk or treat. Can yeah, we come? No, you know that. <laughs> But I don't need more candy. I throw away. I know. I know. Every, right before Easter, I throw away all the Halloween candy because no one, they think they want it and then they don't eat it. Okay. See, my kids eat it all. Like, I don't know. Maybe we got some, well, we do have sugar problems here. Like we don't, people talk about like, oh, my kids just don't eat. I'm like, no, my kids, it's gone. It's gone either through their consumption or mine. I can't have chocolate because of migraines. Well, that's true. That's, That's helpful indulgence a little bit that's helpful <laughs> now shay on the other hand he, he can does cl- he can part. clean up a little bit uh-huh he does uh-huh. what he can to help out yeah <sighs> all right well friends that is all for yeah. today on that note <laughs> um, we appreciate you guys listening as always and we will see you guys here next time bye bye Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.